Are you ready to uncover hindrances blocking your dreams? Welcome to Reveal the Diamond Within podcast. I'm your host, author and national pageant winner, Joanna Harabedian. Through thought-provoking interviews, inspiring stories and teachings, we help you shine in the four pillars of strength for emotional, spiritual, physical, and financial breakthrough. It's time to step into your God-given greatness. It's your time to shine. Welcome to Reveal the Diamond Within podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Herbedian. Today, it's going to be just me because I'm starting a new introductory series that will help women understand the mistakes they're making that they're not aware of that is actually repelling a good guy or souring a current relationship. I want to start with a couple questions. Do you ever wonder why the man you had a connection with suddenly disappeared? Is your biological clock running short? Has hope deferred set in because you haven't found the one, the right love connection yet? Are you a single mom or a successful career woman who can't seem to find the right guy? Or have you been rejected when a man you love says, I'm sorry, but I don't love you anymore and I want a divorce? Do you believe all the good ones are taken? Do you feel judged when people ask you, why are you still single? Well, if you answered yes to any of these questions, then guess what? You are at the right place at the right time at this moment. And you know, just like you, I was the woman who answered yes to many of these questions. And I graduated from the University of Ouch That Hurt. Now, how do I heal? And I was also single for over 15 years. I was the woman that was rejected and betrayed by the man I loved and then became the single divorcee looking for Mr. Right. I was that woman who made dating mistakes over and over and I repelled good men. I have had so many women come to me and share their stories about how they're still single and they're feeling really depressed about that. And I've had a lot of women who were married. They've been married for 20 years, 15 years or what have you. And now their husband up and says, what appears to be out of the blue, I don't love you anymore and I want a divorce. You know, these are all very painful stories. And so I feel it's really important for us to go over this, especially in today. I think it's really relevant. And so that's why I decided to write this book to help women understand mistakes that they're making that repel a good guy and how to reverse it. So this book is not about um, get, being healed from past hurts and things like that because we've, we all have them. And I'm going to be sharing my story about that. But this book is about learning how to understand a deeper part of yourself and being open to some things that God might be showing you through this process of what you might be doing incorrectly or maybe things that need to be changed or even just have an understanding of why you are do some, doing some of these things. And so as we get into this introductory series, I want you to help. I want you to feel more comfortable, to feel more secure with yourself. And this book is going to teach you how to develop new skills so that you can attract a great relationship and attract the right man who's going to love and honor you and cherish you. Now, 
Do most women realize we're doing things and voicing words that repel the very thing that we want? No, most of the time we don't. I know I didn't. And a lot of times we don't even realize that our words and our behaviors are what I call superhero deactivators, which which will be covered in detail in the book. But we're going to touch on these highlights on the concepts of this and this introductory series. Now, if you want to be a part of my pre-launch team, my group, um, go ahead and send me an email, send us an email. So go to virtualchurchmedia.com and send us an email. Now, as we go into the series, I want to ask that you suspend your current perspectives, attitudes about men and yourself, and be open-minded to new possibilities, new perspectives, and give yourself permission to change your mind given new information. Because we can't receive something new until we let go of the old, right? So we can't have the new wineskin, the new wine and the new wineskin if we still have the old wineskin. And what happens when we still have old wineskin and we have new wine? The wine, old wineskin can break. So let's start at the beginning. We all have an ex who seemed to be the cat's meow, right? So sweet in the beginning, but then the scratches came. And then that turned into infection and that caused a lot of pain. Are you feeling me right now? Now, once upon a time, my man picker was broken. And back in my younger days, I had met and married and fell in love with an ex whom we'll call Mr. Wrong. He was successful, a leader in his community and church. He was charismatic. He was a good dancer. He was funny. He was smart. You know, and I thought, wow, this is a dream come true. This is my prayer answered. I'm going to be married because I really wanted to be married. You know, I wanted to be a Mrs. And after we got married, it was like I woke up in the twilight zone to a completely different person. And on day two of what was supposed to be my happily ever after, Mr. Wrong was acting cold. He was distant. I didn't understand what was going on. And he was the complete opposite of how a newlywed should act. So after a whole day of total coldness and silence from him, a sick feeling rose up in my gut. And I I just couldn't take it anymore. So I finally confronted him in the bedroom. And as he stood next to his bed, getting ready to put his shoes on, I grabbed his arm and I made him look look me in the eyes. And my heart was racing, let me tell you. And I asked him, what's going on? Why are you acting so mean and distant? And Mr. Wrong looked me straight in the eyes and in a controlled and emotionless tone said to me, I don't love you. The silence was deafening and I I, I simply couldn't believe what my ears were saying. And I said, what, what, what are you saying? What do you mean you don't love me? And he just stared at me. And then I asked him, I said, why would you push me to marry you when I asked and we talked about waiting, but you didn't want to wait. The silence was deafening. Okay, let me tell you, you could have cut it with a knife. So Mr. Wrong finally answered, well, I had doubts, but when I talked to our friends, they said it was, they thought it was just fear. 
And all I could do was stare at him. And I'm thinking, you talk to our friends and not to me? And you, our friends talk to you, but not to me? Oh my gosh, talk about a triple betrayal. So suddenly I am now feeling what is like a hell on earth. And then the truth just starts to come out after that. I find out he has a casual relationship with the truth. He had a well-disguised addiction to alcohol. I didn't know that he had compelling desires for control. And those desires led to very unpleasant and ugly behaviors to which I was the recipient. And to top it off, he didn't know what the word faithful meant. Yep, I could pick him. Now here's the ironic thing. When I looked into Mr. Wong's eyes, I would see all the pain that was in his soul. And my heart would go out to him. And, you know, he was drinking because he was trying to mask all the pain instead of dealing with it. And in those early hours of that shocking new information, I, I, wanted, to com I wanted to make this marriage work. I was committed to maintaining a heart of compassion. However, that would later become what's called unsanctified mercy. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with what unsanctified mercy is. In case you're not, I'm going to, I'm going to share, explain it to you. So unsanctified mercy is a form of enabling someone not to experience the consequences of their behaviors. It's an enabler. And in other words, it's showing mercy to someone that God's not showing mercy to in that moment. Now, I was not about to get a divorce and I wanted to make this work and I was committed to making this work. And I know that behind every addiction is the need for love. And so I wanted to help him return to the guy that I first met. I wanted to believe that deep down there was a part of him that was a good person and did love me. So the next two years of my life, when I felt that my soul couldn't withstand this, what I felt like was charged target practice, emotional target practice. So I initiated three separations because I was trying to establish healthy boundaries from his ugly pattern, his ugly patterns and behaviors. And so, you know, he would promise to change. He'd agree to counseling if I came back home. Well, naturally I would come back home thinking, okay, this time it's going to work. This time God's going to step in. And so for a few weeks, he'd be attentive. He'd be affectionate. He would initiate time together. He spoke to me respectfully. But then as the weeks went by and then turned into months, the counseling stopped, the painful behaviors began again. And then after the third separation, things began to escalate. He started blocking me from our bank accounts. He forbid me from going to church or doing the things that I used to do before we got married. I'd wake up in the middle of the night with a feeling of terror, like something bad was going to happen. And I would get up and find the front door wide open. And I was home alone. And Mr. Wrong was nowhere to be found. And this would happen several times a week. And so naturally, it caused me to be very fearful for my life and because I didn't know what was going on and why he was doing that. And so here's the other interesting thing. So he didn't want me, but he also didn't want to let me go. And then when he did talk to me, I was blamed for everything. He was a master at gaslighting me. And so here's the question. If he wasn't willing to let me go, how did I escape? Well, let me tell you. 
There is a lot to be said for the power of prayer and a God that answers those prayers in the midst of our trials and in the midst of our challenges. So one evening we were at a restaurant and I casually mentioned that I wanted to go listen to some Christian music after dinner. And he glared at me and blew a gasket. And in the middle of the restaurant, he yells at me, well, if you're going to desecrate our marriage like this, you can just pack your bags and get out. Well, he thought I didn't have anywhere to go. And then I would have to come crawling back for help because I would, you know, I didn't have anything or anyone. That's what he thought. But what he didn't know was that after the three previous separations and him leaving the front door open um, in the middle of the night, I finally got smart and I got it through my head that I had to start planning an exit. So what I started doing was I started secretly saving money um, that he didn't know about. I secured a place to live. I had a separate bank account. Then when he told me to pack my bags and get out, I took a taxi from the restaurant. I went to the house, packed everything that I could fit in my car, and I never looked back. Now, again, the power of prayer is what gave me the courage in that dark night of my soul to do what I needed to do. And so I moved out. I was in a safe place. But after a few weeks, however, he started harassing me with phone calls, with threats, with emails. And it was the same mantra over and over. Everything was my fault. He didn't want me, but he didn't want to let me go. So at that time in my life, my mom had suggested we go to Europe to visit some relatives for the summer and uh, to get some distance from Mr. Wrong. So I left the U.S. with a small suitcase and a carry-on bag. And then, interestingly enough, while in Europe, an opportunity arose for me to go to film school. I applied and I was accepted and I actually ended up staying in Europe in film school. And I was there for about a year and a half. Now here is actually where my journey began. And this story that I'm sharing with you is the inspiration for the book. Because I know what it's like to feel alone. I know what it's like to be betrayed. I know what it's like to to look at other couples and you don't have anyone. It's very painful. But I also know what it's like to come up to the realization that in order for me to have the romance results that I want in my life, I had to look at myself and start making some changes. So how did this journey of transformation unfold and then begin to blossom? I'm glad you asked. So while in Europe, it started on a cold, snowy night as a film student. I'm laid out on the kitchen floor in my cozy little European studio and like a broken rag doll, I'm crying my eyes out. You know, it's that kind where you're like sobbing and all you see is tears and your eyes are all puffy and they're swollen and I'm sobbing, sobbing, sobbing could have mopped up the floor with my tears. And so I cry out to God because, you know, at this point, my dreams were shattered and I was angry at God and I was blaming him because I thought he told me to marry this guy and this was a horrible disaster. I was shattered. I was broken. My dreams were nothing. And so I cried out and I said, how did this happen to me? How did I choose such a broken man? God, I'm so close to walking away from you, but I don't want to. So I ask that you hold up a mirror to my face and show me how I ended up in this mess. Well, 
This is where my journey of understanding started. And this is where the Holy Spirit unlocked the keys of wisdom that would change my destiny. And now the destiny of each and every one of you who's listening and is going to be impacted by this and your lives are going to be better and you will be able to have your happily ever after and those chances of it again. So at that point in my life, I didn't want to be a missus again. And I really thought that becoming a nun was a great idea. In my sad eyes, all I could see was that men could not be trusted they're all liars, they're all abusers, and they're all cheaters. Now, thankfully, I was I got healed in that area and I was wrong about that. And so as my as my emotional healing journey unfolded, eventually I was ready to explore love again. And then I decided, no, come, becoming a nun was not my true calling. So the unexpected thing happened, however. Year after year, the clock of time ticked by. Tick, tock, tick, tock. And I was still single. In fact, I was a still a single divorcee. Five years goes by, no husband in sight. Eight years, and I'm still single. And I'm dateless. And people are asking me, why don't you have a boyfriend? How come you haven't found a husband yet? What's wrong with you? Can you relate to any of this? So now 11 years goes by, I'm getting older, still single, no children, and naturally hope deferred starts to set in. You know, as I start, to, as I research the cost of having my eggs frozen and look at different options for a single woman, and I had determined I was going to stay, stay celibate and single until I found the right guy. Those were my values and my commitment to God. So now I had no family, no man of my own, no frozen eggs and no marriage. And, you know, I had great days where I was stood in my truth. I was strong. I was independent. I I enjoyed my life. You know, I had a great support of family and friends and all the projects I was involved with and my, you know, my church and everything. But then there were those days where the rejection hit me. The loneliness hit me. Jealousy towards other women because they had a good man. You know, so it would raise its ugly head and I would have my little pity party. Well, how come I haven't found a guy yet, Lord? All the good ones are taken. Why can't I have share my life with someone? Why do I have to stay alone? You know, these are the girls. They have my other friends. They have great marriages. They have other, you know, they have boyfriends or they have husbands. And, you know, I had those moments. And so in this journey of singleness for over 15 years, I pretty much made every mistake under the sun when it comes to dating. And I know you're going to be able to relate to what I'm going to share. And you're definitely going to relate to the examples in my book as we go over those chapters, when you start reading those chapters. Now, here's the thing. Understanding is the beginning of knowledge. You see, if we don't understand why we're doing something or what needs to change. How can we possibly change our romance results? And not just our romance results, but how can we even make changes for our life, for our destiny, for the things that God has for us, you know, the things that God has for you. So right now, I'd like you to start out by giving yourself permission to change your mind when presented with new information. 
So that's what I had to do. I had to allow myself to come out of agreement with the old mindset and the old perspective of things. So I want you to put your hand on your heart right now, and we're going to do this together. And the reason we're, you're putting your hand on your heart is it because it helps stimulate that heart-brain connection. And so put your hand on your heart, and I want you to repeat after me. I give myself permission to change my mind given new information. I allow myself to come out of agreement with my old mindset and my old way of seeing things. I allow myself to see things from a new perspective. Great job. Okay. Now you're going to watch, you're going to see how things are going to shift for you. So to continue the story. So to walk out my path of freedom, I had to scrape myself off that kitchen floor. I had to give myself permission to change my mind. And I had to take personal responsibility and come out of agreement with the blame game. Because you see, I could have blamed Mr. Wrong for all the hurt, all the pain, all the trauma that had been created by his actions and his behaviors. However, I chose not to do, do that. I, now, I did have to deal with the trauma. I did have to get healing from all that. And I'll, that's a whole other book. That's a whole other story. But for this part, for this part of the journey, I had to commit to learn to understand myself better and really do a deep dive to learn about what caused me to make the choices that I did. And I also had to learn how to stop gaslighting myself. You know, I, right now in our current culture, we're, we're in an interesting place because I think it really breeds a spirit of entitlement. There's, a, I think there's a narcissistic tendency. And I do think there's also this victim mentality. And that was me, you know, I, I, that's exactly what I was doing. I blame God. I blame my ex. I blame the people who abandoned me. I blame my friends who I felt betrayed me and basically the world for how I ended up choosing to marry Mr. Wrong and all that pain that that relationship caused. It was all about my pain, my feelings, my victimhood. But, you know, here's what I began to realize after a lot of frustration, a lot of tears began to realize that I was accountable for my actions. I was accountable for my decisions. I was accountable for my life. No one else but Joanna. And so as I began to walk out this understanding and realize these things, I then began to evaluate how it is that I allowed someone to pressure me into marriage. I said yes. And so why did I allow him to pressure me into marriage? And why did I not wait? And why did I not want to wait? And why did I choose to go down that path? And so without learning from my mistakes and without evaluating my motives, my thoughts, my understanding, I would have ended up in the same cycle of wash, repeat, and rinse. You look at Hollywood, look at these starlets who are beautiful. You know, they're smart, they're amazing, but they're three, four, five marriages down the line. And so if you aren't getting the outcomes you want, then it's time to evaluate and make changes. And that's what this series and my book is about. So are you ready 
to make your changes? Are you ready to change the outcomes of your life? Because it will. And there is hope. Because I did meet and keep and maintain my happily ever after with my husband, David Herbedian. And we're going to talk more about that later. But I want to talk a little bit and give you an understanding about what I call emotional intent intelligence. It's the emotional quotient, the EQ. I'm sure you've probably heard this, but if you haven't, emotional intelligence is really the ability to recognize and understand emotions in yourself and in others. And it's your ability to use this awareness to manage your behavior and your relationship. So as I began to work on my EQ, my emotional quotient, and understand and evaluate what I was doing and what needed to change and how I needed to change on the inside, I began to become aware of some common behaviors that kept me stuck in the single circle. And then as I began to see those things within myself and begin to work on correcting it, I then began to watch my girlfriends, um, clients, acquaintances, people that I worked with who were also making the same mistakes that I was making. And then it became apparent to me over time that as a collective whole, we were making similar, what I call man mistakes or superhero deactivators. And in my book, I'm going to go into a lot of detail about that. Now, this was a major revelation because imagine that you attract a guy that is your type and your possibility. Imagine you're free and you have joy. Imagine you have a better connection with men. Imagine you have a marriage that's, if you're married right now, that's great and not full of sorrow or boredom or whatever it might be the case with you right now. So I want to share just a, we're going to wrap this up in just a bit because right now we're just doing the intro and I, I want to give you this foundational core of understanding of where this is, you know, where the book is, what it's rooted in, where it's coming from and where it's going. Now, here's what's interesting. When I initially met uh, my husband, David, and it was through a mutual friend who introduced us, it was on her end, it was only as a possible business connection and nothing more. And that was the same for me. In fact, when she asked him, David, to send me a friend request on um, a social media platform, I looked at his friend request and his profile and I went, eh, I don't need another project. That was my mindset. And so then what's interesting is a year goes by and then my friend called me up and she says, hey, you know, um, Pastor David's going to be in town in Southern California, do you want to uh, have dinner with us and his brother? And I thought, oh, sure, I'll have dinner. Now, I was not looking at him as a potential husband or nothing like that. To me, it was just, you know, I was meeting someone who was in ministry and that's it. And when David and I first met, we weren't even attracted to each other. I wasn't attracted to him and he was not attracted to me. But, you know, we had a great dinner. We had great conversation and, you know, we thought each other was a really good person. And uh, what's funny is David has an amazing ministry called Heart of America Prison Ministry. 
and it provides beautiful discipleship Bibles um, to a waiting list of inmates who want a Bible. And they, a lot of them have been waiting a long time, like two years. And so God told me to start donating to that ministry and to support that. And so I did. And David ended up calling me, thanking me for my donation, not realizing I was the same woman he'd met a few weeks prior during, you know, at that dinner that we had with our friend. And so when he called me back, we ended up talking and becoming friends, prayer partners. We ended up doing a lot of different projects together. We started to get to know each other. So, you know, we became good friends over time. And after about a year or so, about a year, David was invited back to California for some speaking engagements. And he had invited me to come sing at one of his events. So I show up at the venue with my brother. And this is the crazy part. The minute I stepped my foot inside that door of that church where he was speaking and our eyes met, it was like somebody lifted off an invisible veil and we both had a mutual instant spark. And then I was trying to hide my attraction from him. I didn't want him to see that. And he was trying to hide it. And it was really funny. And um, it was a crazy, crazy night, which is a whole other story. We'll go into a different time. But uh, we took it one step at a time. And so once we had talked about that we are attracted to each other, we decided to explore a more committed relationship and see if we were destined for marriage. So, and then took it one step at a time. And we agreed that if we weren't a match for marriage, we would stay good friends. And so I'm sharing this because this is an example of hope. And I feel that God wants to give you hope right now. There is hope. Okay, so if you've been feeling depressed about, you know, your your romance situation, I want to encourage you that it is a time for a new season for you. Now, it takes courage to lean in and admit the good, bad and the ugly about yourself. I, I had to do it. So I know it takes courage to accept and forgive yourself. You know, I think that's a, an area that a lot of women struggle in is forgiving yourself. And it also takes courage to walk the unknown path of change. But it's your choice to say no to fear and yes to courage and then take the steps to do it. And guess what? You're not alone. You can do this. Okay, so this is the uh, end of our first introductory uh, chapter for the series of uh, mistakes that women make that repel good men and how to reverse it. So I want to give you uh, a little homework assignment uh, for the to-do before our next session. So what I'd like you to do is to take a moment and write down three positive things about you. So that could be anything from that you like about yourself. So that could be you know, I, I love, uh, I love the artistic ability that I have, or you're, you have a heart of generosity. So I want you to pick three things about you and acknowledge that and affirm that about yourself. And I want you to end with this affirmation. I am amazing. I am courageous. Great things are coming my way. So I'm, thank you for listening today. So if you want to be a part of my pre-launch for the book, then go ahead and make sure you go to virtualchurchmedia.com 
and send us an email. So we'll put you on our waiting list and we'll let you know when we start our pre-launch group because we'll be going through the chapters. And I look forward to seeing you at the next series of Mistakes Women Make That Repel Good Men and How to Reverse It. God bless you and I will talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to Reveal the Diamond Within podcast. If you're blessed by today's message, rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen. Help us spread the gospel. Visit me at virtualchurchmedia.com. God bless you, and we'll see you in the next session.